Welcome to Worldview, a foreign affairs podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Chris Dooley. Five days ago, Benjamin Griveaux was French President Emmanuel Macron's chosen candidate to be the next mayor of Paris. Elections take place next month. Four days ago, last Friday, Griveaux was suddenly out of the race, brought down by the publication online of a compromising video he apparently sent to a woman with whom he'd had an affair. Now that woman and her Russian boyfriend are in police custody, and the French media are asking questions about the dirty tricks involved in Griveaux's undoing. They are also speculating about whether the scandal is in any way connected to Emmanuel Macron's sometimes warm, sometimes very cold relationship with Russia's President Vladimir Putin. To help us plot our way through this tangled web, Lara Marlow, our Paris correspondent, joins me now from there. Lara, where to begin? Maybe just start by telling us something about Benjamin Griveaux, the man, the, the politician, as he was before the scandal broke. Well, Benjamin Griveaux is one of uh, Emmanuel Macron's closest allies. He was a co-founder of En Marche, uh, Macron's political party. Uh, he was his campaign spokesman in 2017. Then he was the government spokesman. Um, they're actually even the same age. They were born seven or eight days apart uh, 42 years ago. And he's almost a Macron clone and he has some of the same problems that Macron has, i.e. he's perceived to be arrogant and cold uh, and a technocrat and a sort of egghead and and so on and so forth. Um, his campaign for mayor was not actually going that well. He was third in the polls. Um, he was best known for his plan to turn the uh, Gare de l'Est into a giant uh, central park for Paris. Uh, but this was like an explosion uh, when the news about this videotape broke. Um, and before we get to all that, Lara, just maybe, I mean, what, what position did Griveaux hold in the government before uh, he, he was uh, chosen by Macron to be his candidate in the Paris election. He was the government spokesman, but he had the rank of a cabinet minister and a very a whole ministry to himself, a big fancy manor house in, in the centre of Paris um, as his headquarters. For the Paris mayoral election, maybe explain to us how important is that role in the kind of French political scene? Well, it's a very important role, obviously, because Paris is the capital. Uh, Paris is a is a world city, and it's where all the power is. And it, it's more even more important because Macron does not get along with the current mayor, Anne Hidalgo, uh, who is a socialist and who a, a fairly left leaning socialist, and she is the leading candidate at the moment in the polls. Uh, it looks like she may be re-elected, and. Since the day he was elected, I mean, um, she gave a, a very acerbic speech in which she basically proclaimed, proclaimed the independence of Paris and told Macron to keep his hands off her city. Um, so Paris has really been a, a goal of Macron's. And it, it seemed accessible because in the election campaign in 2017, um, Macron won 90% of the votes in Paris. So for him not to be able to, to win the town hall, all, um, is, is really a blow. And it's all the more so embarrassing because uh, La République En Marche, um, as Macron's party is now called, has really no rooting in the countryside. They have, they're not really expected to do well at all outside the capital. So if they can't even take Paris, um, it's, it's really a big setback for Macron. Okay. So, Lara, given Griveaux's national profile then, give us a sense of the degree of shock that was caused by the posting online of this so-called sex video and his withdrawal from the race on Friday. 
Uh, the, the shock was massive. I mean, uh, the, the basic reaction in the political class was, this is just, you just don't do this. Uh, any sexual act between consenting adults is, is fine. And this is puritanical morality. Uh, it's Americanization of French politics. Um, to, to put a, a video of a man committing a sex act uh, online without him, you know, to, just to bring him down politically is just, this just isn't done. Now, um, the, the man who did it, Pavlensky, who we'll get to in a minute, uh, said he was doing this to denounce Griveaux's, he called it tartufferie, which is a, a term from a Molière play, uh, meaning hypocrisy. He was denouncing Griveaux's hypocrisy because, and it's true because I, I knew Griveaux and attended some of his meetings. Um, he, he often talked about his wife, who's a lawyer, and his two children. And uh, the last time I, I interviewed him, I even noticed he had a photograph of his children on, on his iPhone. Uh, so Pavlensky was saying, you know, these, these bourgeois politicians um, are just the, the pinnacle of hypocrisy, and I'm denouncing this. Um, this is a political act. But even allowing for the hypocrisy, Lara, the French are, you alluded to there, they're famously forgiving of their politicians when they wander off the path of virtue and engage in mm-hmm. illicit activities. Why did Grivo quit the race then so quickly and rather than battle on? What the media reports all say that Griveaux had a very, very long conversation with Macron on the on the telephone on the Thursday afternoon. He did not go to the Elysee because he didn't want to be face the, the hordes of cameramen and, and photographers. Uh, but Macron said to him, you know, we'll stand behind you, we'll support you if you want to stick it out. And and two of Macron's top advisors at the Elysee also said they, shot, they thought he should just um, tough it out. But it appears that... Um, uh, the young woman who provided the images, and there were also erotic text messages, had more. And Griveaux knew that there was more to come. And rather than put his wife and children and himself, of course, through more of this torment, uh, he decided it was better just to, to get out right away. So what do we know now, Lara, about this tape and who was behind its publication online? You mentioned Pavlensky there. Just tell us a bit more about what we know about him and, and his girlfriend. Oh, well, it's a Franco-Russian couple, the two I think you mentioned earlier, Chris, who are both in jail and who are indeed going to be charged this afternoon with violating privacy and putting sexual images on, online without the person's permission. Uh, and that, by the way, carries a, a penalty of two years in prison and 60,000 euro fine. Um, they, they're kind of a, a strange couple. You could say they are complete opposites because uh, Pyotr Pavlensky, the Russian, uh, uh, has a, a very dodgy background. He considers himself a political performing artist. Um, when he was in Russia, he specialized in mutilating himself to um, to denounce uh, the misdeeds of Vladimir Putin. He did things like... Um, this is. I, I should I can't warn even... yeah, listeners of a, a delicate disposition might want to sit <laughs> forward for the next bit, Lara. But but give us a, <laughs> an uh, overview. I, I anyway, just can't this... imagine this. He uh, nailed his scrotum to the paving stones of Red Square. Thank you for telling uh, us that. Yes. Yeah, uh, he he cut off his ear in front of the insane asylum where political dis- dissidents were jailed. 
It's interesting that his wife also, he, he had this sort of open marriage with a woman called Aksana. And at one point, um, she did not observe the precepts or the details of their marriage agreement and cut off her own index finger to, to sort of make it up to him. So the, very strange people. Oh, he also set fire to the head of the FSB, the, the Russian uh, intelligence service, uh, to the front door of it, which is the only thing he was punished for, by the way. We're getting a picture here, Laura. Yes, you're getting the picture. And oh, it was when he when he cut off his ear. They had him examined by a psychiatrist, and the Russian psychiatrist concluded that he was uh, sane. He he was not uh, mentally ill, uh, but he fled Russia not because of these political activities, but because he was about to be uh, prosecuted for raping. Uh, a young woman, a 23-year-old actor, um, and also beating up her former boyfriend. And so there, he's a violent man with a criminal record. I mean, he's also wanted, well, when, when police arrested him at the weekend, he was also wanted for having stabbed two men at a New Year's Eve party uh, given by his lawyer uh, just, you know, New Year's Eve two month, less than two months ago. And so he fled just one, sorry, one quick follow up on that. He fled to France. And what's his, his status in France now? I mean, was he granted some kind of asylum? Well, incredibly enough, uh, in view of his sort of checkered past, he was given uh, political asylum in 2017. He published a book. Um, I, in, apparently on the far left, he was quite admired. I mean, they saw this as a sort of, you know, a uh, kind of modern day anarchist uh, guerrilla, you know, actions against the oligarchy and the corrupt state and so on and so forth. So he, he did seem to have a bit of a following, including actually the young woman, Alexandra um, de Tadeo, who, who's also involved in this. She, she did uh, radio programs on a Protestant radio station uh, long before she knew him, sort of praising his, his great art in, in Russia. Um, so so yeah. she's French and do we know how they met? Uh, we don't know how they met. We know they met a year ago, January. She, her background is, as I said, the exact opposite to his. She's from a, a very upper middle class family. Her parents have a lot of money. She grew up in Metz in eastern France, speaks five languages, was a model student, um, studied political science and was studying international law uh, when she was when all this happened. And she had been living for the last few months with Pavlensky in a squat in northeastern Paris and they had changed all the locks on, on the doors and everything. And when, Lara, do we know, when did she have the relationship with Griveaux, which is not denied by Griveaux that, the, that he did have an affair with this woman? Uh, it was in May of 2018. At that time, he was um, the, the government spokesman and the investigators have, have matched up the dates and so on. And, and at one point, one of the text messages, he talks about a trip to Brittany and that that dates it to May 2018. And that's when she says the, the affair took place. And he sent her videos, did he, that should have been self-deleting. Isn't that right? But she managed to, to keep a copy of right. them. Right. Uh, I'm not very good at technology, as you know, Chris, but uh, it's some kind of Facebook uh, protocol, apparently, that allows you to um, self-destruct a video. And it was supposed to have self-destructed or erased uh, within a minute of being seen. And Alexandra de Tadeo managed to save it nonetheless on her cell phone. Now, why did she save it? She hadn't even met uh, Pavlensky then. Was it she just keeping it as sort of ammunition? I mean, all of in all of these sort of weird suspicions and conspiracies, 
conspiracy theories that are swirling around, it has been pointed out that she is fluent in Russian. She wrote a thesis on Russian policy in the Arctic. And she went there with the um, support of Russian officials. Now, this kind of lends grist to the rumor mill, you know, was she some kind of Russian agent or something? But um, according to the, min the Minister for Digital Affairs, there is no evidence of, of official Russian involvement. And that said, the government spokeswoman now uh, says they couldn't have done this on their own. So uh, who knows? So, Lara, what can any of this possibly have to do with Emmanuel Macron's relationship with Vladimir Putin? I mean, we don't know that it does, but there's lots of speculation in the media. Well, there's two reasons for wondering if it does have a connection. Uh, the first reason is that the Russians intervened on quite a large scale in the French election in 2017. You'll remember they were supporting Marine Le Pen. Uh, a Russian bank lent her nine million or gave her nine million euros. She went to see Putin in Moscow before, uh, shortly before the election. And uh, Sputnik and Russia Today, which are you know media which are close to the Kremlin were putting out all kinds of foul rumors about Macron. And they also, um, Russian military intelligence was instrumental in leaking tens of thousands of documents from Macron's internal campaign communications. Now, it did not, in the end, he won massively, uh, won the election. But two weeks after he was elected, he received Vladimir Putin at Versailles. And he very pointedly, very blatantly said, you know, Russia intervened in our election and we won't stand for this. And I remember watching it and, and Putin's face was like a, a, a mask, but it, w it was like a vengeful mask. And I thought, oh, there's going to be, Macron's going to pay for this. And then in the meantime, Macron decided that he wanted to be friends with Putin and he wanted Europe to, um, to cozy up to Russia and be an ally with Russia against China and the US. And, and this has been going on, especially for the last six months. And then suddenly on Saturday, which was the day that Pavlensky and Alexandra de Tadeo were arrested, suddenly Macron at a security conference in Munich says the Russians are still de destabilizing Western democracies. Uh, they're using uh, digital technology. They use uh, deep, deep fakes, as, which is when they make a, a you know, a fake uh, Chris Dooley, for example, and, and, you know, have you say things you didn't really say and so on. There's so only one Chris Dooley, Lara, but carry on. <laughs> I'm sure Putin could make another one. Uh, but so Macron made this very accusing speech towards uh, about the Russians. And this was perceived here in Paris as a sign that he suspects Russian involvement in bringing down Griveaux. Because if you wanted to get at Macron, there could hardly be a better way to do it. Um, Griveaux is one of his closest closest alkalites and he, he Macron dreamed of seeing him in the Paris town hall. So this would have been a, a good way of, of getting revenge if he, if he wanted to against Macron. But we are still in the realms of speculation here, I presume, aren't we? I mean, oh, I, I, I presume nobody has produced any evidence. We may never find out. And and part of, I mean, you know, the Russians, uh, we know that they intervened in the 2016 election in the US. And Macron has said all along that they intervene massively in Western democracies. In fact, shortly before um, Putin went to Versailles and was scolded publicly by Macron, he gave an interview to the Financial Times in which he said, liberal democracy is obsolete. 
Now, Macron is the herald of liberal democracy. He, he, he used to talk all the time about illiberal democracies and how liberal democracy was the last great hope of mankind and so on. So there are deep ideological differences between these two men. And I, I think that Western democracies are, are singularly ill-equipped to cope with this kind of dirty tricks. When Putin was head of the KGB, uh, they call, the Russians use a word compromat, which means compromising dossier. The question in everyone's mind is, did the Russians send this attractive young woman out to get uh, Griveaux? Why did she keep the videotapes? Or is it just her family says uh, she's completely innocent, that she was manipulated? Well, manipulated, that's, you know, that would be a word for it, wouldn't it? At the moment, we don't really know. All we know is that Griveaux is out of the race. These two are in jail. Uh, they're facing trial for invasion of privacy. And maybe it will all stop there and maybe we'll never find out any more about it. I, I think there will probably be more coming out. I think that there are too many people involved. Um, there, were, there were a couple of people we haven't mentioned because they're kind of accessories, but a, a former deputy in Macron's party who has since kind of uh, hooked up with Marine Le Pen's niece, Marion Maréchal, and, and is, is kind of a, a renegade maverick type guy a bit. And, and he was promoting the videos online. He was tweeting. And then there's a doctor who's kind of a political figure who was also doing this. And then there's the whole Gilets Jaunes involvement. I mean, the Gilets Jaunes really had it in from, for Griveaux. In fact, they published his home address and the codes to his building. Uh, so how, how do you explain all of this? There's this, this strange kind of far left network. Is it being manipulated by Russian intelligence? Um, I don't know. Well, Lara, it's an incredible and complicated story and thanks for explaining it all so well. And that's all for this week. For more on this and other stories, go to irishtimes.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.